Oh, sure. No worries. Well, yeah, welcome everybody to another weekly Scrimba Town Hall. If you're here and in the chat, make sure you say hello so that we know you're around and well. If you perhaps are aware and have tuned in to the fireside chats we've done in previous weeks here on Discord, this is a very similar sort of event. The main difference being that in the town hall, you'll mostly see us, team members from Scrimba, on the stage, whereas previously we might have invited guests and things like that. Just while you're here and while we're waiting for Michael, the reason why we made that change is because we're actually hosting a weekly Twitter space now as well, every Thursday, and there we normally go to more effort to bring on special guests to bring you new perspectives and new ideas. We had a pretty good space last week, didn't we, Leanne? Yeah, really good. Um, talking all about uh, interview red flags, that was it. Uh, it was good, it was great, yeah. Lots of uh, insight from the people that joined us. So yeah, come along to the next one. Let just, us for know. Anybody, oh. just for anybody who might have missed it, what were some of the red flags that stood out to you? Oh, the main one was unlimited time off. Sounds like a perk, but it's really a hidden guilt trip tool we've discovered from Michael's experience. Because oh, if you don't okay. have a minimum, time to take off and you basically feel like you should never take any time off and you always get that one hero in the office whether that's a real office or a virtual office who doesn't take any time off and then it's like well no one can now so yeah that's a red flag speaking of michael hey michael everyone how's it going it's going great, man. So glad you could join us. We were just catching up on the Twitter space you, Leanne, and I hosted last Thursday on job interview red flags. Mm. Yeah, that was a good space. Have you ever have you ever encountered um, unlimited time off, Bob? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I when I was at V School, we we had unlimited time off. Um, I never felt any kind of guilt trip from it. But I also found myself just naturally not taking as much time because I wasn't counting any days or felt like I was going to lose anything. So um, it wasn't as malicious or as much of a red flag in my experience. But I could I could understand how some companies might might take it differently. Um, but we were at V School at least we were a pretty small tight group and everybody was pretty cool with uh, people taking days off. So. That's good. I'm sure it can work if people have the right attitude towards it. But I suppose with just by nature, unlimited, well, unlimited would never truly be unlimited, right? Otherwise, you could theoretically never work a single day and earn a full salary. <laughs> at some point, that's going to become a problem. So there has to be some kind of policy in terms associated with it. But if that's at all unclear, it probably leads to more ambiguity and anxiousness about whether you might be letting the team down or whether you're pushing the limits or what's appropriate. Hmm, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it sounds quite appealing on the surface. I, I think if you were just to ask that in the interview um, to really pry into it, and or, or if you have friends in the company, just asking them what the, I guess, culture is around that. I mean, at V-School, we had someone who was a professional kayaker. And so from about June to August, he basically worked maybe five to 10 hours a week. And huh. we were still cool with it. Like we just worked around it. Damn, sounds like V-School had some, well, sounds like a great perk for that person, to say the least. 
Well, with everybody here and over 45 people in the audience, I think we should kick things off. This is quite a loosely formatted type of session. Again, it has replaced the fireside chat we were doing previously. The idea being with a town hall that we come here to the stage every week, share a little bit of news about what we've been working on here at Scrimber, as well as have a discussion about anything that might happen to come up in the chats. We could maybe create a list of topics and decide to talk about them in advance, but why would we do that when everybody is here in the audience and we can probably just address what you'd most like to hear or questions you'd most like to have answered. So we'll kick things off with a few updates, I think, just freeforming it. And then as the session progresses, we would love to hear your questions, whether that might be about Scrimber. By the way, that could be the platform, it could be the curriculum, the courses, the platform or frankly, any other questions you might have about learning to code or getting your first junior developer job. We might not have as many updates this week compared to last week, but I do know that even though the total number of updates might be less, the updates we have to talk about are quite chunky. And I'm thinking in particular, Leanne, of a certain project called JavaScriptmas. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow is the 1st of December, which means our coding advent calendar JavaScriptmas will be kicking off. That is right. If you don't know what that is, something we started last year, where every day between December the 1st and 24th, we send you a Christmas coding challenge for you to do. But this year, it will be more Christmassy and more interactive and more everything i guess um there was a loud bang in the next room just now i think michael's fainted with excitement so. yeah exactly that was that that was exactly that it was not it was not a cat <laughs> dropping any of my watches or anything it was it was it was my excitement you can't contain yourself understandable yeah we will be having weekly live streams to look at the solutions and try to code our own we'll be having a christmas party live stream on giving away prizes and members of the scrimba team will be selecting their favorite solutions to put somewhere on the site uh, throughout the month so yes if you want to get involved the actual page of javascriptmas will be going live tomorrow but in the meantime you can sign up at the link i've just dropped into the chat very exciting I'm kind of curious, like, of anybody listening, where did you maybe take part in last year's JavaScriptmas? This would be the second year that we are doing this project because, well, last year, it kind of went crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it was really fun last year. Um, it's more Christmassy this year because the coding challenges are actually Christmas-based, whereas last year they weren't really. So um, hopefully people will enjoy it and have lots of fun and get into the festive spirit. What would you say is the main motivation behind Scrimba and yourself in particular working on this project? Like, what is it that made, um, why, why is it that we're doing JavaScriptmas again? Like, what can people hope to get from it? Well, we always say that we're trying to create the bootcamp experience for the price of a gym membership. And this is a way that we can connect students to each other. So we have the uh, JavaScriptmas channel, which opened today here on Discord. 
And you can join the live streams as well. Come and have a chat, share your solutions. If you get stuck, hopefully you won't, but if you do, you can come here and talk about it and just generally have a nice sense of community and have some fun as well, because coding shouldn't all be doing serious things. You know, should be some nice fun things, but they will also be useful, some of them, to get you through the festive period. So yeah, watch out for that. One thing I remember being so great about last year is that with each daily challenge, we invited people to share their solutions in the JavaScriptmas Discord channel. Anybody listening right now might notice that channel has made a return and it's just above the town hall actually. The best thing about sharing it every week is that you would have a stab at it, try your best solution, maybe not knowing if it was perfect, but then you could always go into the channel and see everybody else's submission and see how they have decided to tackle it. Sometimes people will have just done something that makes you think, oh my goodness, that was obviously how I should have done it. And then you learn and you do that next time. Other people who are maybe a bit more advanced at programming or just want to try out pushing their skills, they, they go for some creative uh, like one line solutions, trying to solve the problem using as few characters or as few lines of code as possible. And while that might break your brain a little bit, it's still really cool to see how other people approach the solution. And then, yeah, if you have any trouble, right, if you maybe could only get the solution so far or it didn't quite work as you expected, going into the Discord channel is a great place to then ask a follow-up question and sort of get input on your code. I can't wait to see that sort of JavaScript must magic happen again. Yeah, exactly. And you can be as creative as you like with it as well. There'll be plenty of scope for putting your own stamp on the designs and, yeah, adding some new functionality or whatever you want to do this time so yeah looking forward to all the creativity christmas creativity yeah me too i genuinely can't wait it sounds awesome and bob as i understand it you've been working on some challenges for javascriptmas as well is that right yeah leanne was so excited she sent them back to me in september and i didn't do them until yesterday <laughs> so um, but yeah, there's, uh, I think I have day seven, 13 and 19 maybe. Um, and they were fun to record. They, they're going to be really fun challenges. I mean, I feel like this is a bit of a faux pas. You wouldn't exactly go peeling your advent calendar, try to see what chocolate is behind the door too early, but is there any possibility of like a hint or something about what to expect? Um, I, I mean, Leanne has a better overall view than I do because um, she's seen the other ones but um, mine mine included something dealing with uh, desserts and calling to a dessert API or a food API and getting dessert images um, and yeah that's the only one I want to give away yay desserts woohoo <laughs> what about you Michael are you getting involved this year uh, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, Leanne sent Bob the, uh, the challenges in September, and uh, she was talking to me about them in May, so... <laughs> no, I'm joking. She wasn't, oh, yeah, she wasn't that. She wasn't talking about it in May, but it was, <laughs> it was not far off, not far off. Uh, yeah, well, it would be kind of Christmassy themed, right? Um, so I'm not going to tell mine away either. Uh, but it will be like speed related uh, and like all the festivities and shopping stuff. So yeah, keep an eye on that. 
Oh, so you've recorded a few challenges. Do you remember what days they come out? I think there was like uh, December the fourth, and then oh, early, okay. It kind of seems like a week after, week week after that. So it's like fourth, maybe like a week after, like tenth or eleventh, and then a couple more somewhere somewhere else. But we've got a secret calendar. Uh, but I am a total Notion noob, uh, so when I figure out how to use that, I'll yeah, I'll do all of it. <laughs> All right. It sounds exciting. I really like that you're not just with one teacher, but you get to get challenges from different people throughout the week. So sounds like people can look forward to your challenge quite early on, Michael, and then Bob's towards the later parts of December. And just one more thing, Michael, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I, I, I'm not, I don't mean to pry, but I think sometimes you and Leanne, or Leanne in particular, has a reputation of sort of looping you into ambitious Friday coding challenges without you necessarily knowing the full scope of it. I'm wondering, are there going to be some live streams yes. as the weeks progress as well? Well, luckily I have been warned, but I think we have a launch uh tomorrow yeah. so yeah there we are so I, I know that one this is why we need you Liam. i'm not sure if we're going to be solving uh, a challenge on friday which i think we might be well, yeah we'll be solving we will be three of them every friday we're, we're solving the challenge every friday we're going to do the week that's just gone but this friday yes. we don't we'll only have the first second and third one and are you gonna pick like uh, which one which one do we do uh is it like on that particular day or is it the one the day before or literally any all of them all of them yeah <laughs> so, like, we sit down we sit down on a friday evening and bash out the whole week yep sounds great <laughs> sounds I, right I... up my street Am I, am I doing you a bit dirty here, Leanne? Is it actually that you tell Michael everything with plenty of time, but he somehow manages to ask again? I have an absolutely dreadful memory. So, <laughs> let's, you know. let's leave it at that. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think you it's know, a combination moment... of the two things, actually. Michael's memory and I just assume that he knows things. Exactly. You know that moment when you watch a film and you're like, oh, I wish I could forget it and then watch it again. Well, I'm that lucky guy. (laughs) Bob, how's the new React course going? I remember that we launched it maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, but obviously it takes people a bit of time to progress through each module. You're probably starting to get a really good sense for how people are enjoying it and what's standing out as some exciting things about the course. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited that people are doing the solo projects and sharing it in Discord, on Twitter. Um, it's even messaging me personally. It's been really awesome to see people, I guess, jumping in with both feet the way that I was hoping they would. Ever so quickly, um, what are the solo projects exactly? Yeah, there's um, one of them is the uh, digital business card. Um, so you basically create a, a little business card just in React. It's just a static page. Um, and then I, I've been surprised how many people were very quickly into sections two and three. Um, actually, I'm surprised how many people were like, I just finished the course. And I'm like, it was 11 hours long and I barely launched it 11 hours ago. <laughs> what? Um, and so so that's that's been great. Um, the travel journal has been really fun. I, I think I would like to see people's 
actual travel uh, photos. Like most of the people sharing their travel journals have been putting in the same photos that like the stock placeholder photos that I put in the Figma design file. But um, so I want to start seeing people's actual travels, although with COVID, maybe they're not really traveled anymore. So that's probably why. I haven't seen any um, quizzical trivia apps yet, though. So I'm excited to when those start coming out. That's a pretty ambitious one, right? I remember looking at the Figma design and I imagine it's exciting, right? Like you're following the React course and you see that you don't need to worry about the design elements because somebody has already designed a really beautiful interface. And now it's up to you to put what you've been learning to the test almost and see if you can bring it to life with React and um, correct me, correct me, or let me, I'm not, I'm not too sure actually, Bob, does it come with some CSS kind of pre-built or is that up to you as well as the, as the, as the student in this case? Um, no, that's up to you as well. So people who have taken section one will notice that a fair portion of the projects in that are just CSS. And I think that highlights, uh, I guess the simplicity of React or how, how simple React makes things on the static side. Um, and so, so yeah, they, they have to do everything from completely from scratch. Now, mm. one of the projects in section four, I do start with the starter code, actually two of the projects, I start with the starter code and the goal is to add features, not just to create everything from scratch, but the solo projects are all completely from scratch. Sounds amazing. I've seen a few people share their submissions and things like that on, or not submissions, sorry, but their their progress on Twitter. And yeah, it's, it must be amazing to see as a course instructor when you see not only people benefiting from the course you spent so long improving, but actually building something that you've helped direct them to build. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, ask that again. Oh, I think it must be just such a great feeling when you see people sharing their progress and their projects on Twitter after you put so much effort into the course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's probably been the most exciting thing for me. And the idea of solo projects is really exciting too. I mean, I'm going to be adding those to the other courses in the career path. And so um, that's going to be it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great for engagement, um, keeping people sharing their projects. I think it's a lot easier to be excited about something that you built yourself without any help at all, um, rather than, you know, projects where you, you get stuck and you just have to watch the instructor do it. It's kind of demotivating. Well, not demotivating, but, but it's more motivating to do it yourself. Um, so I'm glad people are, are really taking that to heart. Yusuf has a interesting comment in the chat. They said that like, I don't think they meant this in a bad way at all, by the way, but the solar projects helped them realize they could improve at CSS and sort of identify they might have been in tutorial hell before then. That's a very interesting point, right? Because it's not until it's not until someone directly challenges you, do you necessarily have a good measure of where you are as a developer and, and more importantly, where your weak spots are and where you need to improve to get where you're going. Yeah, it's super hard to know if you are in tutorial hell because you feel like you're learning. You feel like you're getting better at things. Um, and it's it's usually easy to jump from one course to the next instead of being forced to try to build it yourself. And if you if you don't force yourself to build it yourself, then yeah, you feel like you're learning. I mean, honestly... My experience has been even with 
computer science grads, uh, students of, you know, getting a computer science degree, if they aren't going out of their way to practice what they're learning beyond just the homework that they're assigned, um, they can end with a degree in computer science and be like, I don't know how to make an HTML page. Um, and I mean, computer science, you know, there's much more to development than just front end web development, but I think you understand the point. Um, is, you know, you can, to do it, then you won't, you won't get good at it. 100% makes it, oops. Wait, hello, hello, okay, sorry, Discord glitching out a little bit, I was talking, but my face wasn't glowing, got me confused for a second, um, but no, Bob, I can, I completely oh, understand. Hey. And I'm so glad these uh, solar projects are part of the React course and coming to the career path in due course. Awesome stuff. I think in a minute we could talk a little bit about some of the live streams you've been hosting lately, Leanne. I know you had a pretty exciting one with, uh, I can't, was it with uh, uh, Shruti on, on Tailwind and CSS? Yeah, that was last week. Yeah, awesome. that was really good. Yeah, let's dig into that. Really good demo of how to use Tailwind. Yep. So, sounds wicked. I'm excited to learn a little bit more. I just want to quickly just say that there are so many awesome people here in the audience, some community members that we def definitely recognize. Um, like Enzo, it's so good to see you. Danny, Michael, Angel, David. I think Alex Ross was here recently, who was a big help in the JavaScriptmas challenges last year because they were perhaps a bit more experienced at coding, but still managed to learn and get involved with the community by helping others. I thought that was awesome. It's so nice, so nice to see Carla and Silver here as well. If you have any questions for Team Scrimber about anything we've discussed or anything coming up, remember, you can always send your messages right here in the chats. Just a quick reminder on my behalf, but yeah, Leanne, please tell us a bit more about the live stream. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, Shruti showed us how easy it is to create things with Tailwind instead of kind of battling different CSS classes. You can just put in classes, I guess they're called classes, from Tailwind and, and away you go. And she made this really cool business card in 20 minutes. You can check out the video um, that Alex has just dropped into the town hall text chat there. And then answered lots of questions about who should use Tailwind and um, also put a lot of my kind of worries, I guess, about Tailwind aside, because I always thought, yeah, it's all very well, but it seems a bit hard to manage. But she explained how you can use it in a way that actually is easy to manage. Um, so yeah, it was nice. Enjoyed it a lot. So just for a bit of context, every other Monday, well, actually, I, I forget, honestly, like I've made a mistake there. I was about to say that every other Monday you release a new weekly web dev challenge. And at one point on Wednesday, you used to reveal the updates, or sorry, reveal some of the solutions and the winners. But that actually moved into its own dedicated stream, which happens on, does it happen on Fridays, Leanne? Um, announcing the winners and looking at the solutions is every other Monday. Oh, that and happens on, on Fridays Monday with the new challenge. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, on every Friday, Michael and I do some kind of coding together on the live stream, either the weekly web dev challenge or something else. And in December, it will be JavaScript, of course. 
Nice, wicked. And so, yeah, every Wednesday there is the Ask an Expert live stream, which anybody who subscribes to the YouTube, uh, to the Scrimmer YouTube channel can get uh, catch wind of. That's not a pun on Tailwind either, by the way. It just so happens that you spoke with Shruti about Tailwind. Just, just quickly for anybody who might not know what Tailwind is, Leanne, could you give us a quick sort of like 60 second summary? I just know that a lot of people look at it as a way to create better looking websites if you're not as comfortable or confident with CSS. But other people say that it is basically CSS. It just supplements what you already know. Um, yeah, it uses CSS. It's it's a CSS framework, basically. But yeah, it's definitely great for people who aren't into CSS. Not around here, but I happen to know someone who doesn't like CSS, does use Tailwind and finds it really good. Um, gives you these parameters which make writing CSS much easier. It also has quite a lot of flexibility, so you don't get the problem that all Tailwind sites look like Tailwind sites because you can customize it so much. And if there's something, you can put that in as well. So you're not just limited to the stuff that they build. Uh, so yeah, it's great. So it's not like Bootstrap, which a lot of people might recognize where, yes, it helps you scaffold the website very quickly, but you're, you're going to end up with something that looks generic because all Bootstrap websites look mm. Pretty much the same. Even with themes, you can normally tell. You're saying with Tailwind, it gives you that flexibility that you yeah. might want. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the comparison that people often make is Tailwind versus Bootstrap, and it is a lot more, Hello. more flexible. Here we are. than Bootstrap, apparently. This is what we learned on the stream last Wednesday. But anything you want with Tailwind. If you want to go in and really customize things, you totally can. But if you want to avoid CSS as much as possible, you can also do that. Wicked, that sounds amazing. And I love that in this week or last week's live stream, it was very much an interactive session where Shruti like t showed you some things step by step on the live stream. I think sometimes there are like Q and A's and, mm. and actually there was an element of this in this stream, right? As uh, Shruti was answering people from the chats. But I think it's super cool when someone comes on the stream with something they're obviously passionate and excited about. And it's just like, hey, Leanne, let me show you how this works. And like everybody on the stream gets that benefit as well. Yeah, no, it was great. It was really nice to learn in that way as well. And um, I think a live stream is a good format for it because then people can just ask their questions as they come up. Bob, have you ever sort of considered Tailwind for the front-end developer career path? And by the way, if I my, my connection has, a little, has faded a little bit, so if I ever speak over someone, it's just because of the connection. You can definitely <laughs> cut back across me. Oh. Um, I, I have CSS frameworks personally, I wouldn't yet, although I really do too. Um, so maybe using it would change my mind. It's possible that it would be a good way to get people creating even better designed apps for their portfolios. So it's so definitely something off to look into. Sounds awesome. Have you, have you any experience with Tailwind, Michael? 
Yeah, I I'm currently building an app uh, of my full time job with using Tailwind, and uh, I'm kind of I'm an, I'm the only developer on the project right now, and uh, I had to basically well, like when I got the brief, someone said like we need to make it look slick, and I was like, yeah, I'm not sure I am the guy to make it look slick. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Tailwind is, is something that it has a lot of pre-built-in functionality. Uh, so you, you can already like grab some layouts, you can grab lots of components, there are lots of built-in animation. And the thing, as you mentioned, uh, it doesn't feel like Bootstrap because it's because there are so many of these utility classes everywhere. Uh, it's kind of like like Bootstrap. So in a way, you are reaching out into a toolbox and getting something already pre-built for you, but there are so many different Legos that you can build anything you want. So that's kind of how I see Tailwind anyway. It, it's just like a Lego, you know, and there are now so many pieces that you can, yeah, you can build like Death Star or whatever Lego projects there are. Sure. I like that analogy a lot, actually. So did I understand you correctly? You're working on a project by yourself at work. I just happened to notice that Danny asked a question in the chat, which was about, well, the methodology that would be good for people who've not built a solo project before. I think sort of alluding, I think the question was basically around how you might approach that. Um, we don't have to go into it necessarily, but I'm just wondering if your experience happens to be super relevant. Uh, yeah, I would say that when you're working on your own on a project. And, and the thing for me is that it's kind of, it's probably the first role ever where I was in charge of pretty much everything, like front end, back end, deployment, you know, platform. Um, and there are only you, that many. How, how do you feel about that? Because from, from what I've understood in the past, Michael, you're, you're more orientated around the back end, aren't you? Yeah, I, I used to work as a front end engineer. Uh, so I learned React with Bob's courses uh, when I was like, well, as a junior, I was kind of both. Uh, but then when I got my like first mid-level role, I was a front-end engineer and I was like properly learning React with Bob's courses. And after that, uh, I moved off to do back-end full-time. And kind of like when I got this role about half a year ago, I was doing, I, I basically, yeah, there was like a chance to dive into like creating platform for the for the whole thing as well, uh, and I was able to use like whatever little I knew about front end and back end, uh, and yeah, now kind of I like I like doing JavaScript, so it was a little bit easier for me to get back into React. Uh, obviously, CSS was a major point of panic for me uh, because I can't just reach out to a team member and go like, oh well, I'll just leave that to you. So luckily. Someone has already built Tailwind just in time for me to get this role. So I was pretty happy with that. Awesome. And so I guess just a couple of updates on my behalf. And if there are any questions, I'd be happy to discuss them. I released a new podcast episode last week with Randall Connor, who is also a part-time teacher at Scrimba, if you didn't know. They're working on some updates to the front-end developer career path around LinkedIn and how to get your first developer job. Also, 
I don't no, I didn't actually share it earlier, but I was I was thinking to share it. I also very recently uploaded a video on develop uh, excuse me developer job interview red flags. This was very much based on the Twitter space that we all hosted, Michael and Leanne. I sort of took some of the most yeah. um, what seemed like likely and maybe even egregious or scary red flags and condensed them down into a video. Did you happen to see it? Yeah, it looks awesome. I like that mine made the cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of, I'm happy that mine made the cut, but also, oh, wow, I had a lot of really terrible interview experience. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's true. I mean, most of the red flags I suggested came from you, Michael. Oh, no. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, there is like a little Easter egg. The unnamed developer uh, who was told they're not worth it, that was me as well. Yeah, well, I didn't actually want to name drop you for that. Like, I did, it did, I did know it was you, but I didn't feel like you might, I thought that might be the thing you didn't want a permanent record of. Like, yeah, yeah I know, I know. Yeah, exactly. I know. I was like, ah, oh, you know, oh, this guy, you know, he, he ate a lot of rubbish. So, yeah, for sure. But just for anybody listening, you might not really quite get what we're talking about. In the Twitter space, Michael, well, maybe you can just quickly share that story again since it's yours. And, and basically, yeah. I'll just jump to the end and say, I featured it yeah. in the video, but not by Michael's name. Yeah, uh, basically, there was one, one of the interviews uh, I had, uh, we were at like negotiating stage. And uh, I asked, uh, well, we were like discussing the salary and stuff. And then I asked for a certain number and uh the guy just straight up told me on the phone like uh you're not worth that much so you know have a think about it and ring us back a little bit later um when you kind of reconsider uh and obviously i never ring them back or anything i never i never even had conversation with them ever again uh but it was a very <laughs> it was a very jarring experience to hear something like that um so yeah that was quite Needless to say, I do think that it's a massive red flag if someone tells you that you're worthless. Yeah, man, that's so messed up. Like, it's not just, <laughs> yeah. like, incredibly rude, but they they pretty much want you to feel like you're not as worth as much as you know you are so they can pay you less. And I, and I don't think you... Yeah. One thing you said that really stood out to me is that if they were holding... If they were basically lowballing you in the first place and now you know because they increased their offer just like that every other sort of negotiation or decision or question is always going to be clouded by the fact that you can't really trust them. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. If anything happens in an interview that makes you or puts into question how much you can trust them, then honestly run a mile because it's not going to get better after the interview, is it? Let's be honest. It's like, is it you, Bob, that says the interviews are like dates someone says that <laughs> but um yeah no, I, I do say that yeah you should be basically trying to impress each other and i think some interviewers kind of go into it thinking that it's a one-way street towards them and it's really not <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah this was a point i reiterated a bit in the video as well just that 
I mean, basically, the best way to think about it is to ask questions. Because why why shouldn't you ask questions? You're about to make an incredibly serious commitment um, to sign an employment contract, and and who knows, maybe even leave another job or or move cities. It definitely is in your interest to learn as much as possible. But I mean, that's a given. I think everybody sort of understands that. But but when you ask these questions and when you get their responses, I think it's going to fuel your gut feeling. It's going to give you an impression about how well you're going to get on there. Because if they make you feel at all doubtful or um, if they make you feel at all doubtful or bad, if they, they, if they show me subtly um, these subtle signs of disrespect like being very late to the interview without a valid excuse or maybe they, they walk into the room and they've barely it's obvious they've not really familiarized themselves with your CV I mean any of these one things might not be the end of the world but they start to add up in order to form a red flag and and I, at the end of the day this should be a conversation that's exciting to you I feel like because you should be excited about the project and the people you want to be looking forward for them to get back to you and say yes you've got the job potentially when that offer comes you don't really want to have any sort of reservation about well oh you know this didn't make me feel the right way obviously we're talking from a fairly privileged point of view because not everybody is always in the position to turn down a job but it's still important to be aware of these red flags for two reasons number one because you might then immediately put a plan in action to get another job like if they show you that much disrespect i don't think you need to feel much loyalty towards them and honestly if you change jobs very early on you might this is something i learned from dylan israel by the way um, who's another teacher at Scrimba and has joined us on the podcast and live streams in the past and was even involved in JavaScriptmas last year, if I remember rightly. Um, he basically joined a company and in a, in, within the first few weeks, he saw something that didn't sit right with him. So he actually left, gave them back the signing bonus and moved on to a different job. It didn't. You might think that might impair your ability to move on, right? Because if, uh, if the next employer asks like, whoa, why did you leave so soon? You know, you might think that you look like you can't commit or something, but probably they've, been battle tested enough and callous to the fact that not every opportunity goes smoothly from from both sides um but the second reason why it might matter is because even if you're not in a position to to sort of do uh, to walk away today for example if you are in the position it's kind of important that you do so because that's how you help the people who can't necessarily stand up for themselves by by setting the right precedent essentially so yeah michael you did that it sounds like so fair play to you yes mate I'm kind of curious, like I, I asked in the chat and I would I would love to sort of encourage you again here on the microphone. What have you in the audience, what have you all been working on this week? You know, the town hall, it's quite a casual format. It's still evolving. We definitely want to talk about updates that are happening here at Scrimba, as well as answer questions. I completely understand that questions don't always come easily. Sometimes you just want to listen and hang out. And sometimes it's a lot of effort to think of a good question, actually. Rest assured, there is no such thing as a bad question here. We're happy to discuss everything and anything. But I thought another really cool thing about the weekly town hall is that, you know, since it's a weekly event and you are presumably working towards some kind of goal, it could be a really great opportunity to just quickly check in and see what you're working on. So if you could, if you can just grab your keyboard or the keyboard on your phone, if you're listening on mobile, just write a quick sentence in the town hall chat text channel to let us know what you're currently working on and what you'll work on well, maybe what you've worked on last week and what you plan to work on. Just give us a quick update so we can get an impression about what's important to you. Oh, wow. Ali's finished the travel journal solo project. Well done. <clears throat> now I have to learn state. Interesting. 
I wonder how the um, travel journal project is going for people. How they're feeling? Let us know. If Tom you've says. Been doing something. Tom says they've been doing a technical take-home test. That's amazing news, Tom. Yay! Great news. Yeah, very good. Oops, very good. I pressed the wrong emoji. I meant to press <laughs> that one. Yeah. Which, were, you the, were you the red question mark and exclamation point? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? No, that's amazing. Tom. <laughs> Carla's been working on accessibility, Gatsby and Tailwind, plus Snipcard e-commerce. What's Snipcard? Oh. Guess, guess we'll That's find out. Let us know, Carla. Silva's been reviewing React with Bob's new course. Or Sylvia, sorry. I also recognize Sylvia from Twitter because they're often sharing episodes from the Scrimba podcast, which I definitely appreciate. What else do you see? Currently working on the Airbnb clone. Says Kaz. Lovely. That's awesome, Kaz. Ricardo is learning JavaScript with Pear's course and improving CSS at the moment, looking at the dev career path. Nice. Ooh, here's Snipcut. So Snipcut. Add is... a shopping cart to any website. Mm. Sounds handy. I love this, you know, like I, I often think that knowing where to find the answers is more important than knowing them. And that, that could apply to like how to mm -hmm. sort a list or it could apply to uh, knowing all of the available functions on an array prototype or something. But I also think there are so many awesome like resources and uh, services and tools and libraries that you don't necessarily have to use right now. But just knowing they exist is cool because I can imagine in the future someone needs a shopping cart. They're like, huh, what was that thing Carla mentioned in the chat? Oh, snip carts. And who knows, it, it might just be the one. Yeah. Nils is working on the Chrome extension and asked, what is the skill level to be able to tackle the JavaScript most challenges? Now, that is a good question. Yeah, um, mostly uh, pretty accessible for people just getting started in JavaScript. But there might be a couple of tricky ones. But generally, I think they're kind of easy enough to get started with, and you can make them more complicated if you know more JavaScript, if that makes sense. Uh, they all have stretch goals as well. So you can either do the basic challenge or you can, uh, yeah, do the more complicated version. It's up to you. So yeah, give it a go. You should find them okay. And if not, you can come along to the JavaScript uh, channel and get some inspiration, as Alex said earlier. It sounds like- Yeah, and do they get more and more difficult as the month goes on, or is it kind of a, differing depending on the day um i think they're all roughly the same with just a couple of tricky ones um i can't honestly remember because i recorded them or i made the code a while ago <laughs> so um, i'll have to double check but i do remember making sure that they wouldn't be too unapproachable for people so yes hopefully everyone can get involved but also challenge themselves if they want to who who here in the audience is going to be trying to help out in the JavaScriptmas channel. I think if anybody's wondering about the skill level needed to participate, yeah, definitely try it. And, and I hope there's some people among us here today who can offer to help out as the days and weeks progress. Yeah, that would be amazing. If you come along to the JavaScriptmas channel, if anyone needs help and um, yeah, 
Also, we'll be having a go each Friday, won't we, Michael? So that will help people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I totally forgot something, man. I forgot two things. Um, number one, like this isn't the most important thing by far. And if you're here today, it might not be your main motivator, but there are daily prizes every day with JavaScript, which is worth looking forward to. And a $1,000 grand yeah. prize, kind of just skimmed over that, but it's sort of a, a big deal when you think about it. And maybe more importantly, yeah. maybe more significantly than $1,000 is the fact that, well, I, I can't really say for sure, but you, you'll be able to know, Leanne. Last year, when people completed JavaScriptmas, we gave them a specific role on Discord that said JavaScriptmas Contender 2020. I was just looking at Abhijif, who is a Community Heroes profile, and they have it. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Is that something we're going to reconsider yeah. this year? Yeah, well, I think we kind of have to because <laughs> we did it last year. So if people completed all the challenges this year and then didn't get it, it wouldn't really be fair. So yeah, if you do them all, then you will get this, uh, well, JavaScript was contender 2021 badge. Ooh. Yeah. I love a that good badge. That will be you. Yeah. I, but you I, don't have to do them all. Uh, if you're gonna be busy one day or you skip one, that's okay. Um, but the more you do, obviously the greater your chances of getting the $1,000 prize are because we're going to be selecting at random from all the entries throughout the month. So yeah, maximum number of chances you, you can get is 24, so I see. It's a, it's a raffle, isn't it? Oh, to be honest, I say raffle because I'm from the UK, but I learned last year that raffle isn't like that widely recognized like not everybody but but it basically means that we pick for every submission you create imagine putting a piece of paper in your name with your name on it in a big bowl at the end of the challenge we pick a random name from that bowl so the more challenges you've submitted the more solutions you've submitted sorry um the greater the chance michael says lottery and as i ramble that is probably the, the succinct way of explaining yeah. it I, I i don't know like uh, i would say a raffle as well <laughs> But what's the difference? You selected at random, basically, yeah. But but the randomness. I've no idea. I think it's the same thing. No, like. I I guess like lottery implies like you pick your own numbers to me, and random maybe doesn't like sort of make it clear that the more you enter, the better your chances. Right. Just my thoughts. But yes, the more you submit, oh, there you go. Bob says that it's raffle as well. Oh. I think raffle is fine. <laughs> That's got more obscure says Daniel Ross. <laughs> I think it would be important. Maybe we are we're already doing this, but to let people know the more challenges they submit, the more likely they are to get drawn mm. for the ten thousand or the one thousand dollar <laughs> prize. Um, because I I actually recorded that in one of my recordings. I I started saying the more you do, the more likely you are to win, and I was like, actually, I don't know if that's true. So I, I erased it, <laughs> but it's not ten thousand dollars. It's one thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Don't hold me to that. I'm not going to make up the difference. <laughs> so obviously we won't count duplicate entries, but it, if you do all twenty four of the challenges, then you have twenty four chances of being selected. If you only do one, then you only have one chance. So yeah, it's true that the more challenges you do, the higher your chances. That's right. Very good. And and then yeah, also that awesome label. I, I, I'm the person who added them last year by chance and I deliberately 
like per the year there 2021 so if you participate this year you get two potentially i think that's pretty cool chavon's asking if you do them and they're correct question mark yeah um so we'll select one at random and then the code works basically um they don't have tests kind of like last year had some kind of testing suite but the way that it works is basically if the code works then the app app works that's explained really badly but you'll know whether or not your code is correct because the app will either do what it's supposed to or it won't um so without giving too much away that's what i'll say but yes to answer your question we will check that the code works when we've selected a winner yeah, the way the way it worked last year is when we yeah exactly like that when we select the winner we we checked it's all like a legit non duplicate submission. I mean I don't suppose it's really that worth watching or going back to, but we did a live stream on Christmas Eve, believe it or not, sort of picking the winners. And and the reason I picked out that screenshot, um, <laughs> and actually Per's expression sort of matches my my thoughts, which is that the total number of tweets, the number of people sharing submissions with the JavaScript as hashtag was 32,000. So there was a lot of submissions. I, I guess it's I guess it's really important you participate every day if you want to stand a good chance of winning. And it's good for you too, right? Because yeah. you're, you're learning every day, I hope. Yeah, I'm having fun. I'm feeling Christmassy. And um, we, we, yes, launching this tomorrow on the JavaScript launch show, Michael. Yeah, I remember that one. But what are we coding? What are we coding on on the launch show? Or you're no. not allowed to say? No, not yet. No. Okay. <laughs> Christmassy things. The first challenge, I guess. Yeah. Oh, looking forward to that. Do you know who made it? Me? Whose challenge is it? No, like who? Who's? Oh, that's also you. You. You're also the one who recorded it. I think so. Fair enough. We'll find out tomorrow. There were a few more updates from earlier. Chris always said that they're working on their portfolio website and they're building it with Gatsby and SAS. Very cool. Cass mentioned they're looking forward to the upcoming Node.js course, although although it is coming, we can't confirm nor deny a specific date, unfortunately. Shabon said that they are putting the pieces together. They learned a lot of these skills in the bootcamp, but found that when it comes down to it, they couldn't build things alone. I think that's one place your solo projects can be can be super useful. And Angel said that they are trying to better familiarize themselves with Git and GitHub and have been working on projects locally with their code editor. That's a really big step, I think, for any Scrimba student feeling confident building mm. out these projects in your local environment. So that's that's awesome, Angel. And and regarding Git and GitHub, just out of interest, how what what resources are you using to to learn those technologies? I know that you and Michael had a pretty I might pull it up right now, Leanne. You and Michael had a fun stream about that um uh, like a few months ago, I think. Yeah, I think we've had a couple of streams on GitHub. Um, there was GitHub 101 and then GitHub 102, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's what it's called on my folder on, on my laptop, <laughs> Git 102. <laughs> uh, but I think we called it something else. Uh, I'll just pull it up. I think it was called like SSH and yeah, Git this or one something. Alex has just put in the chat. Is ah, there we are. Second yeah. one we did. That was yeah, so that's the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, part two, and I just dropped part one. Ah, uh, you cool. I'll delete it, Alex. 
No, no, you give me two. I mean, two two links are fine. Um, But the crazy thing about that stream is it's got almost 5,000 views. I mean, that's crazy. Why? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you know that, Michael? (laughs) You're famous. No, I really don't like watching the streams that I'm in because I don't like my face. (laughs) Or my voice. (laughs) So I don't really like, uh, yeah, I don't watch my own streams. That's an interesting uh-huh. point, actually. Um, j- just for fun, just because we're wrapping up here, like, how do you? Everyone here creates some content, right? Whether it's courses, YouTube videos, or a podcast. How, how do you feel about watching your own recordings back? Ugh, I cringe. I cringe a lot. I I like reading my own writing for some reason, um, and I think my writing is. Well, I don't know. Like, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> it, it might be. It might be terrible for all intents and purposes. Uh, so, but I do like reviewing the articles that I've already written, uh, or like just writing in general. But when it comes to streams, I I don't know, um, it's just not my cup of tea. But yeah, yeah, if people watch it and they like it, then yeah, props. I'm the opposite. I don't like uh, reading writing that I've done because I always find a typo or like some comma in the wrong place or something, Every even time. though I've proofread it like fifty thousand times. Oh no. Or yeah. even if I don't actually find it, I worry that I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, well, Leanne doesn't actually allow me to read uh, screenplay emails <laughs> that she wrote when we sit next to each other. <laughs> so, like, after dinner or something, I would pull up the laptop and, like, go through my emails very quickly. And if it's a screenplay email, she's like, don't read that. And I have to skip it. That's what you think. Some <laughs> deeper reason why you can't read them actually. There's a a bug right now in Scrimba where if you are the person who recorded a lesson, uh, and I know Leanne knows about this because we've talked about it a little bit. If you are the one who recorded the lesson and then you speed up the recording, it doesn't keep the same pitch of your voice. Instead, it changes you more and more into a chipmunk. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. I actually do kind of like listening to my own recordings on double speed because I, I sound so silly, just like really high-pitched voice really fast. R- random, yeah, the chipmunks are good. Random question, but can you comprehend your own speech at a faster pace or playback than somebody else's? Like maybe you can understand yourself at three acts, but if you listen to any random podcast that would be too fast for me three x is too fast i have tried to work my way up to it but i really can't i listen to almost everything somewhere between usually 1.8 and about 2.2 or 2.3 see i used to hate that like i don't know why but i just could never get into the habit of doing it with anything but I, I remember Leanne, I think you convinced me to be honest, like we were talking about something similar either here or in, in a sort of Zoom call or something. And I now, if I see a YouTube video and it's 12 minutes, I'm like, Haha, that's six minutes for me actually. And I just play it yeah. at 2x right away. The only, the only exception I think for me is like, uh, if I want to take notes or if it's a more creative sort of media, like I wouldn't play a movie at 2x for example. No. Pear said he's got a friend that watches movies at 2x. You know what? I actually started watching Netflix about a week ago at 1.5 because that's the fastest it can go. Actually, it's pretty good. I was like, wow, that, this movie is really good. 
but it's way faster as well. Because now the films are like three hours, you know? It's like, I don't want to watch it for three hours. I would watch it if it was, you know, a little bit faster. And now you, now you can do it. This is like the problem with all this, you know, there's so many productivity books and podcasts and articles and advice and YouTube channels. I think sometimes you just have to slow down and, and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, like for example, uh, what was that the latest film by Martin Scorsese, um, The Irishman? Oh yeah, I watched that. A few, yeah, that's been out, been out about a year, hasn't it? Yeah, you know that film could have been easily been half of what it was. It's really long, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah exactly three and a half hours. And two X makes it perfect. But you wouldn't watch. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Agree to disagree, I suppose. The only problem with this is that when you go back into real life, everyone seems really slow, especially uh, <gasps> I've yeah. got a friend whose husband talks really slow anyway. Uh, but now after getting used to watching things at two times speed, when I'm talking to him, I'm like, oh my God, hurry <laughs> up. <laughs> well, I actually get that. Yeah, I get that from Leanne because sometimes I watch her streams at two speed. Like took a chap for for a newsletter or something, uh, and then she talks to me in person. I was like, "Is Leanne all right?" <laughs> the the biggest She's contrast a bit has slow. to be when you speed it up, then play it normally. And, and I think in my case, when I'm editing a video, I'm always like playing back at one point five, two x to jump around. Sometimes I'll just play the video back at like one point five to make sure there's no like weird edits in there. And then when I play it back on the normal speed, it sounds like I'm playing it in slow motion. Like it's so it's so strange. Yeah. Ah well, that's all we have time for, I think. Oh. Yeah. Well, come back tomorrow. We will be dropping all the JavaScript goodies around Discord and around Twitter and basically everywhere. Looking forward to everyone getting involved. Me too. And if you're enjoying... Yeah. Oh, we've got some Christmas oh. bells. Santa's Yay. coming early. I had to throw it in before we were done. Amazing. Yay. Yay. Santa's coming. That's not <laughs> And then, yeah, one last thing, folks. I shared a link to the Scrimber Town Hall Luma page. This is a website where you can subscribe to future events, get email notifications, add it to your calendar, all that good stuff. This event is happening pretty much, well, I think it's happening every week except for maybe the last week in December since that'll be a Christmas week. Um, but yes, we would love to see you next time. And, and who knows, maybe we'll ask you what you're working on again next time we do this kind of session. So if you have any sort of goal for the next week, maybe take a note and you can let us know how you're getting on in the near future until then I'm, i mean I, I want to say merry christmas like i'm getting that vibe but i don't, I don't think it's time <laughs> <laughs> for now for now i'll just say goodbye and thanks again everybody for joining us thanks everyone bye. thanks everyone bye for now <laughs>